Hello, and welcome to the Health and Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elaine Barreto, a scientist turned health coach. Here, we explore the intersection between lifestyle, psychology, and mind-body medicine to improve your relationship with your thoughts and emotions, with your body, with food, with pain, and with other people. I'll bring you the latest scientific discoveries and provide practical tools to empower you to take care of your own health. If you suffer from chronic pain, gut issues, disordered eating, or other chronic conditions, or if you just want to optimize your health and well-being to live a long and fulfilling life, you're at the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, dear friends. Welcome to the episode number six of Health and Science. I'm Dr. Elaine Barreto. So happy to be back here again, hoping that this week my voice sounds much better. I definitely feel much better, also in terms of being tired and sleeping and just having energy. I think COVID is gone from my body right now, or at least I'm not feeling anymore any long COVID symptoms. Fingers crossed, no more headache, nothing. So I hope it will stay like this. Okay, enough about me. Thank you for being here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been listening to me, I'm so glad about that. Thank you so much for supporting us. And as I mentioned in the previous uh, episode, we're going to start doing a deeper dive on the mind-body connection. And today we have a special focus on the gut. So this episode is about the connection between the gut and the brain. And you've probably been hearing a lot about it in the media, it's all over the place because there is so much research going on in this topic. I want to address it from a scientific standpoint, but also how you can use what we are learning to recover from your GI symptoms or cope better with them, okay? So what do I mean, first of all, by GI symptoms? So we're talking about gastrointestinal disorders or symptoms or things that are not making you feel well when you eat certain foods uh, or even when you're not eating, right? So what are those? For example, the classic ones, gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, heartburn, abdominal pain, nausea, right? Those are the typical ones that people associate when we talk about GI symptoms. Um, if you've been suffering with some or one of those for a while, then probably this episode is for you. If you know any friends or loved ones that are dealing with something like that, please send them over to this episode, okay? But there are also other symptoms which are not directly gastrointestinal symptoms, but they are also connected to what we eat. For example, there are people that eat certain foods and they feel headache or skin rashes or some skin uh, symptoms, or they feel um, fatigue, joint pain, exhaustion, uh, increased heart rate. So if you eat certain foods or you can't really identify, but you feel like it's connected to what you're eating, then you might also benefit from listening to this. But we will have another dedicated episode in the future where we're going to be talking about food intolerance. And then I can dive in a little bit more into that. But if you feel that whatever you're eating in your life right now or 
your digestive system is not working in your favor and you're feeling strange symptoms that are making you feel unwell, that are creating stress or anxiety in your life, then please stay tuned to this episode, okay? That's for you. Um, or if you just want to learn more, because it's always important to learn more about science and health and just be prepared for whenever we need to face anything like this or somebody in our family, even our kids, right? I think we can always benefit from learning a bit more. Okay, so let's jump in. What are we really talking about when we're talking about the gut-brain connection, right? You probably heard about the gut-brain axis and all of that. So what does that exactly mean? Of course, the brain is responsible for many of our bodily functions, right? And it sends messages down our arms, our heart, also our gastrointestinal system on what has to be done, sends hormones, sends nerve signals, and our body sends the response back on what is happening. Hey, there is food here that needs to be digested. Then the, the nerve sends the information to the brain and the brain sends back down messages. Okay, let's produce more acid. Let's contract the right muscles to move the food down the, the digestive tract and so on and so forth. This is the basic stuff. But of course, it gets more complex than that, right? So for example, you probably heard about the blood-brain barrier and the gut microbiome. So what happens is that there are all this bacteria also living in our gut and that they will help us digest and absorb what is good to us, get rid of what is not. And some of those things that get absorbed in our blood uh, get distributed through all different parts of our bodies. And depending on which one of those are allowed or not to cross this blood-brain barrier, some of them will also reach our brain. So this is another way that things get connected, right? Um, and we'll be talking a little bit about that. But what people don't really usually connect is our nervous system. We say brain, 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 but you know, our brain is connected through all our different parts of our bodies, through our nervous system, right? There is our spine and there are all the nerves that get distributed throughout the body. And all my clients, when I mentioned, uh, when I mentioned nervous system, they get a little bit confused, but we are talking about gastrointestinal stuff we're talking about stomach intestine why are we talking about nervous system here and i really hope this episode will clarify a bit this connection and yet you will be able to understand that and even explain to other people okay so let's start with the very basics on our nervous system right you've probably heard about this sympathetic and parasympathetic responses so sympathetic response is what people usually connect to fight or flight response so what does that mean um, when we used to live in the wild, right, we had to make quick decisions. Let's say we were face to face with a wild animal. We had to decide what is the best to do now, attack this animal and kill it and eat it or run away. That depended on many things like the size of the animal, how he was reacting to you, things like that. But we don't have time in situations like this, if we really want to survive, to start considering all those things. We have to react as quick as possible, right? Our brain needs to use all resources for that decision and provide us with whatever resources we need to do right after that. So if you need to fight that animal, you need to have all the blood supply to your muscles so that you can fight it. Or if you need to run away, the same, right? You need So whatever other functions are going on in your body right now, 
like digestion, they are not important, right? So digestion will slow down because you don't need to absorb nutrients right now and take care of the food that is in your tummy. What you really need to do is fight or run. And why is this connected to this whole gut-brain conversation? It becomes quite obvious now. It's because when you're in a situation that activates the side of your nervous system, the, the sympathetic response, that means that all the digestive functions that are happening in your body will slow down. So if you get nervous, anxious, or fearful, you might activate, trigger this response, right? It's not that we are living in the wild anymore. Things look a little bit different now, but our brain is still the same. So it will trigger this response. And that can cause abdominal pain, right? Because the, our, our digestion has slowed down. But not only that, because we don't need, we need to get rid of waste very quickly because it's just not necessary for that situation. If you really think about this evolution side, that when you're facing the situation there right now, all you need is to maximize your resources to deal with that so that you can survive. It's a matter of life of, or death. Your body will just get rid of everything that it doesn't need. So it will get rid sometimes, depending on how threatening the situation is, also of waste. That's why some people that are really scared or really nervous, sometimes they pee their pants or they soil their pants, right? This is a reaction from the sympathetic nervous system. And the way this is connected to people that have gastrointestinal uh, disorders is that sometimes when we are anxious or nervous, we will have this urgency to go to the bathroom. And then you can understand now that, that that might be connected also to this response of your nervous system, okay? It doesn't make sense that that situation is not a life or death situation anymore, but your brain still sees it as a threat. And if there is some disarrangement there, some disorder, that might trigger all those things, right? And on the other hand, we have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is associated with rest or digest. So this is the part of our nervous system that takes over when we are not in an emergency situation where the body feels safe and then, okay, now all our background functions can take place. We can either sleep and rest or we can finally then digest this food that is in our digestive system, right? And this is the mode we want to switch to when we're dealing with um, GI symptoms so that our nervous system can understand, okay, everything is safe and fine, and you can reduce all these other triggers we just talked about before, right? So we will be diving a bit more on how we can use this uh, switch between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic response towards the end when we talk about treatments. But this is just the basics, right? But it's not also that simple, so let's get a little bit more complex here, because it's not that our nervous system has just this sympathetic and parasympathetic parts. There is also another whole uh, nervous system dedicated to our gut, which is called the enteric nervous system. So if you've ever heard about this term, the second brain, this is what people were talking about. We're talking about a nervous system that exists in our gut and digestive system, also the other little organs in there, right? Let's not forget the appendix and the gallbladder and so on and so forth. But 
there are so many neurons in there. There are more neurons than are in our spine. Can you imagine that? If we thought that our spinal cord was the most important part uh, after the brain, we were wrong because the gut has more nerves than our spinal cord. There are between two and 600 million nerves down there. Isn't that incredible? So there were some experiments done in the past where people took a little piece uh, of our gut, of our, our intestines, um, of course, of animals. Uh, and in vitro, they realized that uh, that part of our the, the intestine was doing all the contractions by itself, without a brain, without a connection to the rest of our nervous system, which means there are some parts of this enteric nervous system that actually work kind of independently, which means when we are doing other things, thinking too much, working, stressing, uh, making all our plans, our gut with the, its own enteric nervous system is taking care of itself. Because otherwise, imagine how it would be, right? It can't stop doing all these complex function, functions that it has to do all the time, every time we get triggered by something. So it's amazing just to think about the fact that there are all these millions of nerves working independently, taking care of all these functions that go from our mouth to our anus, basically. We have two open holes that connect us to the world, right? And in the middle is our whole digestive system. So food goes in, waste goes out, and in the middle there are all these complex functions that allow us to be healthy, to survive, to uh, absorb nutrients, and all of that. But to think about the fact that there is a nervous system that is almost independently or has a lot of independent functions uh, taking care of that is amazing. I am at least mind blown every time I think about it. Don't know how you feel about it, but yes. So this enteric nervous system is also responsible for regulating, for example, the vomiting reflex and our appetite. So you see how it can become really important in the context of uh, GI symptoms, right? Especially if you suffer from nausea or if you have problems with appetite regulation, that there might be a role that your nervous system is being playing in there, right? And another thing that is really important also to mention in that context is also, especially for people that suffer from irritable bowel syndrome from IBS, um, it's something called the visceral hypersensitivity, right? If you're one of those people that feel a lot of pain in your gut, or one of those people that really say you can feel where the food is located in your digestive tract. You say, I swallow something and I feel when it's up here, when it's going down there, or when you're feeling like you couldn't evacuate or empty the contents of your bowel, that you still feel almost the presence of the, the what is left in there, pressuring the walls of your gut, right? This is something that we connect to what is called the vis visceral hypersensitivity. All of us are capable of sensing, in a way or not, what is going on inside the walls of our digestive system. And those walls are covered by those nerves of what we just mentioned in this enteric nervous system, right? But for people that are too sensitive in those areas and on those walls, they might feel more pain or they might translate those stimuli of the nerves in that region 
uh, into pain, which for some for some of us would not be a painful stimuli. For people that suffer from those disorders, from this hypersensitivity, might translate into pain sensations, right? Or into this discomfort of feeling uh, the sensations in those walls of your digestive system. And this is also something that this enteric nervous system is responsible for. So that means when you're feeling uh, some dysfunction in there, excess information is coming to you or it's being interpreted in a wrong way. Your threshold of translating these sensations into pain is different, right? And this is because the nervous system there is affected in a certain way. And another thing that gets talked a lot uh, in the context of gut and brain connection is the vagus nerve. You've probably been hearing a lot in the media as well about vagus nerve, vagus nerve stimulation, vagus nerve being used for trauma treatment, this kind of stuff. So there is some preliminary evidence that actually vagus nerve stimulation is a very promising add-on treatment, even for mental health conditions like depression, PTSD, but also for gastrointestinal disorders like inflammatory bowel disorders such as Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. So there are some studies coming out regarding that. We won't be discussing too much about vagus nerve stimulation today, but this is definitely also within the context of the gut and brain connection, right? Vagus nerve is the longest nerve that we have in our body and it connects the brain to many other parts, but also to our gut. And what is interesting is that Techniques such as breathing techniques and yoga can also play a role on stimulating the vagus nerve. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to more science that is coming in that direction. So you see how this uh, complementary treatment can also be very interesting, right? And since we were talking about some mental health disorders such as depression and PTSD, it is also important to mention when we're talking about the brain-gut connection that alterations in the gut microbiome have also been shown to be associated to other brain conditions such as Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's. So you see that this uh, gut-brain connection has several layers, right? We're talking about how the nervous system can influence gastrointestinal disorders, but we are also talking about how gut disorders can influence brain conditions, right? It is powerful. Okay. Now that we understand a little bit more about all of that, what does that mean in terms of treatment, right? So there is two sides of living uh, with uh, gastrointestinal disorders. One is that stress, trauma, and anxiety can all affect uh, our gastro gastrointestinal symptoms as we just discussed. One of the mechanisms is uh, through the, the, the nervous system, but also there is another side to it, which is the inflammation, because it's also been shown that stress makes us produce certain hormones that contribute negatively, right? So it will make worse the, the inflammation that we have going on. And inflammation is not bad per se, right? Inflammation is a great uh, mechanism that we have developed to protect our body. Um, but when inflammation is going on for a long time, when it becomes this chronic systemic inflammation, our bodies were not designed to cope with this, right? And that ends up creating a lot of other problems. It, it creates this vicious cycle because 
Living with the condition causes stress, stress causes us inflammation, inflammation makes the disease worse, and then you kind of get caught in this feedback loop, right? Then there are the external stressors as well, not just the stress of living with the condition, but the external stressors from life. And this is why it becomes so important here on discussing how dealing better, how finding better coping mechanisms to deal with life stressors and also with the stresses from living with this uh, gastrointestinal conditions can help us improve the symptoms because we're going to be trying to break this cycle of stress, inflammation, activation of the sympathetic nervous system, and so on and so forth. Very important. This is when we get talking about the behavioral medicine aspects of it, right? So using psychotherapy techniques such as cognitive behavioral therapy or hypnotherapy or even other mind-body therapies such as mindfulness, yoga, and breathing techniques can be beneficial to address the stress, the anxiety, and also to learn how to regulate the, the nervous system, right? Who are people that can benefit from adding treatments like this to your, your already existing treatment? So... Number one is people that are not responding very well to medication. So if, if you've been trying all different medications, but they are not resolving your gastrointestinal symptoms or you're, um, you're getting too many side effects from this medication, this could be interesting for you to try. If the stress or the emotional factors associated um are usually associated to, as triggers. If you feel like when you're more stressed or when you're have emotional stuff going on this actually trigger your flare-ups you definitely can benefit from adding this sort of approach if you've been diagnosed with some sort of functional gi disorder then that means probably that there is a huge connection of uh, this whole nervous system cycle in, in your condition so you can definitely also benefit who else um people that have been newly diagnosed with ibd ibs gerd any other sort of GI condition. Because if you just learned that you have this, there might be all these thoughts in your head. How am I going to cope with this? What should I do now? How is this going to interfere with my life, with my relationships, with my future plans? So taking care of addressing this stress and anxiety that's been caused by learning from this diagnosis can definitely benefit you. Okay. And in general, if you just feel like you really need help to cope with all the uncomfortable symptoms and what is causing uh, as changes in your life, definitely seek those alternative um, and complementary therapies, okay? So what are the benefits you're going to get from it? I can't say with 100% certainty from the scientific evidence that uh, using therapies like this is going to cure you from your GI condition, right? Some of GI conditions... Um, probably are going to be with you for life. But it's number one about the flare-ups and the symptoms. And number two, about coping with them. So what is going to be the main benefits? Number one, it will improve your quality of life. Doing therapies like this will definitely improve your quality of life, independent of how your, your GI condition will uh, evolve or not. Number two, it has a huge potential to improve your mood and regulate your mood. Uh, it might lead you to less visits to the doctor, 
because when you're feeling anxious about your symptoms, you're going to learn how to cope with this and really figure out if you need to be seeking someone or not. And it might possibly even reduce or eliminate your medication, depending on how it evolves, right? So given that using therapies like this tend to have no side effects at all, um, what is what you're going to lose from it? What do you have to lose? I recommend most of my clients to just try it out. People that I don't recommend is people that don't think that the, the, the symptoms they are living with right now are too stressful. They are not affecting their lives that much. They found a way to cope with the condition and they're living okay. So you, you might not need it. People that don't believe that there is any association between what we just discussed here, between nervous system and, and GI symptoms or between the stress and GI symptoms. So if you don't think that this is the case, you don't believe, you don't see any benefits on discussing this, then this is probably also not for you. Okay. Everybody else, I think you can definitely benefit from trying it out and learning how your body will react to those things, right? So we can't, we don't have time to go into a too deeper dive today into each one of those therapies, but I definitely want to do this in the next episodes. So stay tuned for whatever is coming next. But what I want to be the, the, the main message from this uh, review we just did here regarding the gut and the brain connections, right? Number one, if you've been trying to deal with your GI symptoms now for a long time, okay, if you have a chronic GI condition, if the symptoms have been bothering you, if you feel anxious around them, if you feel embarrassed, if you feel they're affecting your career, your job, uh, your parenting, your living, your caretaking, whatever functions you're living in the world, and you feel like everything else gets restricted or planned around your symptoms and this influences so much how you live your life, and you feel like you could benefit from learning better ways to cope with this, of feeling more resilient, of finding a more positive relationship to it, of learning what to do when you, the, the, the thoughts are coming up or the flare-ups are coming up as like, how should I, what should I do now? What should be my, my plan? What should be my emergency plan, right? Please try to find a professional that is trained on this. We call this field psychogastroenterology. So it could be the, the GI doctor you're visiting might not be so familiar with it, but you, there are websites where you can find clinicians that are uh, involved with this or trained on this. I'll be linking those to the episode notes, as well as many studies on all those gut-brain connections that we mentioned here. And the other way you can go about this is to seek directly a professional that is trained in the psychological treatments. You can seek a professional that is trained in CBT, in hypnotherapy. There are apps uh, out there that are specially developed, like, for example, gut hypnotherapy apps or mindfulness apps uh, for people dealing with GI disorders. You can definitely come to me and uh, sign up for one of my coaching programs where I'm going to be going through all these techniques one by one and we're going to find which one of them is more suitable to you, which one you like the most, which one has more effects. Also, I am developing a course right now, which will be open for sign up very soon, which is called Gut Brain Health. 
And if you're interested in learning more or if you want to sign up for the waiting list and get informed when it opens up the doors, I will be linking also the, the, the webpage address so that you can sign up and hear more about it. And last but not least, uh, I want to mention I have developed a special quiz. If you're in doubt that this uh, gut-brain connection is playing any role in your life, if you're suffering from GI symptoms and you don't know if it could be related to the gut-brain connection in your life, these questions will help you reflect a little bit on certain things and might also give you the answers that you're seeking, right? And whether this is playing a big role or not in your condition and if you could benefit then from addressing the side of it. So the link to the quiz is www.mindbodyfoodpain.com slash gutbrainquiz altogether. www.mindbodyfoodpain.com forward slash gutbrainquiz. I will be also linking that to the episode notes, okay? This was the first dive. This is obviously a very broad topic. There's so much research there. I didn't want to make it too complex. So I hope that at least it gave you the basics of to understand what are we talking about or we are talking about gut-brain connections and how are those connected to GI disorders or GI symptoms. And we will be diving much more in, in future episodes, especially also on how you can use um, different therapies to address those, okay? It's been a pleasure preparing this episode for you. I hope you have enjoyed and learned a lot from it. Uh, your feedback is always welcome. Drop me a message at info at mindbodyfoodpain.com. I always hear excellent comments on why, what I can, questions that I can prepare for next episodes or topics that you're interested about and what resonated with you or not. So please drop me a message. I'm always very happy to hear. And what I want to wish to you today is find some time to spend with yourself, okay? And listen to the cues that your body is giving to you. Are you feeling contracted? Are you feeling restricted? Are you breathing fast? Is your mind full of thoughts and plans and things and you don't know where to go? If you're feeling like that, please take five minutes and just try to find some regulation, okay? Try to slow down your breathing. Try to connect with the feelings in your body. Put a nice calm music. This is like a first step. Okay, to start thinking about how you can self-regulate. Take care of yourself, stay well, and see you on the next one. Bye.